Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, as always, is Alexander Collins. And on today's episode, we are going to continue our monthly uh, theme to talking about kids' education around money. So this will be our episode for the month of March. In our last episode, we were talking about four concepts for ages, age groups like four to seven and the four concepts that they should learn. So make sure you check out that episode if you haven't checked out that or if you have a, a kid in that age group. Today's episode is going to be for the age group between age eight and 11, maybe 12. Uh, and the whole purpose of today is helping your kids understand money, the the concept, how it's a tool and how to best utilize it. Because in the end, if your child understands money at an early, early age, how much more successful will they be? It's a massive leg up and like just in terms of like understanding how this works, it'll help them avoid some pitfalls and, and, uh, you know, really give them a huge leg up on their, on some of their peers. So you'll get those four concepts. You'll get some activities as well. Uh, to help you with that that conversation with your kids. So, so let's jump in here today. So age eight to 11, right? So my son is about to be 12 now, but he's kind of at the the end of, of this demographic. Uh, and, you know, again, these four concepts, these are just stuff that we've researched as well as, as have spoken about with each other because our kids are growing up and we're kind of experiencing this as, as we go. And the whole purpose of the episode is hopefully for you to be able to go back and have some sense of conversation with your kid. And I get, I was just talking to Jessica actually about this, Alex, like we all know as parents that we need, we should teach our kids about money. Like we all know it for sure. We all know that our kid's school is not teaching them about it. Right. So we all know that we need to do it. It's on us. And I don't know about you after full days of work, and I go home <laughs> and then my son walks in and says, Hey dad, let's do X, Y, and Z, or I've got this homework assignment, or remember I've got karate or yada, 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 or I need to get dinner. Right. All of a sudden I'm like, crap, I forgot all about bringing up this whole financial conversation with my child, even though I just recorded a podcast with Alex Collins. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so much of this is just like trying to make it a brief part of everyday life because like we deal with money on a daily basis, whether it's a trip to the grocery store or trying to decide what we're buying uh, from Amazon or what we're getting for like a birthday present for our kid, kid's friend or whatever, whatever is like, we're constantly dealing with money. And so what we're trying to do here is give you some building blocks. Uh, I know you referenced it earlier, but if you haven't listened to the first episode in this series, go back and listen to that because it's important to make sure that each one of these building blocks, while it's age specific that what, what we're laying out here, it's important to make sure that you've got the solid foundation. And it's entirely possible that some of these foundational building blocks may not exist for the parents because as a society, we do a terrible job of educating people around finance. And that's, that's not necessarily your fault. But once you know that you've got a deficiency, now it's on you to go ahead and make sure that you seek out information to, to fill in that gap so that you can help out your kids. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And as you're listening to this, hopefully it spurs in something where you'll remember it when next time the conversation comes up with your kid or not next time, like maybe that activity happened to come up. So that's the purpose of this. If you have any ideas, by the way, 
like our listeners, like feel free to email it to us. Like we are, we are building this into this podcast. We're building it into our site. Eventually we're going to continue with this and I would love ideas uh, and opinions out there. So feel free to reach out to us. QFP team at quantifiedwa.com is an email uh, to reach out to us or visit our website at beardmoney.net. Once again, that was QFP team at quantifiedwa.com. I've had a lot of caffeine, so I'm talking fast. <laughs> so let's, let's jump into this here, Alex. So we've got four concepts. So concept number one, and we'll just read through the four concepts here. Number one is you need to make choices about how to spend money. Concept number two, it's good to shop around and actually compare prices, like teaching them that you might be able to get a better deal elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Concept number three, it can be costly and dangerous to share information online, right? The 11 year old that's playing on their phone all day or on their internet all day, they don't understand what risk is there. So understanding what it is, we're on an online, we're, we're in an in online world now. Like, sorry, what? I can't remember the last time I had a dollar bill in my pocket, actually, especially with COVID, right? And then concept yeah. number four, maybe it's time to actually be putting money into a savings account and understanding what that savings account will do for, for the individual, right? Well, you and I talk so much about savings accounts and like how big, big of a misnomer it is for adults in terms of how we treat this stuff. Yeah, so, so let's dive into one, each one of these concepts a little bit here. So, so number one, I mentioned, you need to make choices about how to spend money. Yeah, and th like this is one of the big leaps forward from, from that last group that we were talking about, uh, four to seven-year-olds to the you know, eight to 11-year-olds, where like managing a limited resource, money, now becomes something that they're capable of doing. And sure, there might be the odd, you know, five-year-old or six-year-old or seven-year-old, not that they're odd, but the unusual one that is capable of having these conversations. But most of the time, it's going to take a little bit of development so that they understand resources are limited. And, and that's some of the building blocks that we, we started with. And so much of that, there are so many different tools that we can use to, to having this conversation. But one of the ones that you brought up is like in the grocery store saying like, okay, Hey, here's, you know, a buck or five bucks or whatever the, the dollar amount is. You can get whatever you want. Yeah. And having them decide like, okay, where should I be putting, where should this money go? Right. And on the bigger picture, right. If you're, if you're you as a listener that has children, hopefully you're also analyzing the standpoint of, okay, should I really get this brand new car or maybe should I have more money in my savings, right? Like where should this money go? And then, so what we'll kind of jump here to number two here, Alex, right? Which kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with this is good to shop around and compare prices, right? Your analytics are probably loving this piece, right? Where you can go into, <laughs> right? And so understanding that, Understanding value, I think, is where this comes from. Like you brought up in the last episode, how when Sienna uh, gives you a good deal, you and Heather actually buy more of it, right? Yeah. Which is an awesome thing because I don't think I do that with, with with Nate or Madison. And so that's a that's an understanding. And and you, maybe Sienna doesn't understand that fully right now. It's still something that she heard. 
and she's witness, still a sponge. She's still getting exactly. it on some level. And how important is that? Right? Like understanding that the cost you pay this person for that item, you might be able to find it cheaper elsewhere and quote unquote, save money and be more efficient with your money is really the, the terminology you should really use. Right. Well, like a, we have a perfect example of this, like from my household, like just a week ago, we were like Sienna had really, really, really wanted to watch uh, a Scooby-Doo movie. And there was a Scooby-Doo movie that she found. And when we took a look at it, it was 15 bucks to, to go ahead and purchase it. Um, uh, they, they, we we're just looking at it on Xfinity and, you know, it was 15 bucks. And so we like taught her that like, okay, you need to save up for it. And we were having her doing like little odd jobs around the house and she'd earn a buck or two or you know, five bucks or whatever for doing these different things. And we did two components. One, you have to earn the money for it. And two, you have to be good. So it was a behavior thing. Plus then also I can earn it. And when we went to go buy it, my wife goes, Hey, wasn't that movie 15 bucks? And I was like, yeah, why? She goes, Oh, well, we found it for 10. And we, no, we, we then confirmed that it was the right movie with Sienna and like made sure that we were getting the right thing. But we were able to like show her the value of being able to shop around a little bit and you might be able to find something for less. And so when we said, Hey, good news, it's only 10 bucks. You get to keep five bucks that you earned. And she goes, Oh, cool. I can save that towards. And then she had something else that she was going to be saving it towards. Um, now, I mean, that's a massive win on one standpoint, but the, the concern that I have with what we do for a living is that she's connecting saving with spending. Yep. And like, that's one of the things we need. Like, it's really good to teach the child that like delayed gratification, but at the same time, we need to be very, very careful to differentiate savings from future spending. You know, I think there, and you bring up a solid point and it's hard to really get that through a six or seven year old's head, what you just <laughs> said, which is why like later on, and we'll get this probably more in the, the next episode for those teenagers, teenagers and having them understand like compound interest and, and how that, how that really works. Right. But you're not going to have that conversation with Sienna right now. No. <laughs> right. No. So, but so huge to have, to, to understand that right early on in terms of like delayed gratification, understanding price prices aren't always the same at every spot. For sure. And there's, there's ways to at least start the conversation with Sienna. Um, like we've talked about like an interest rate and things of that nature, we haven't followed through and actually like done the thing where it's like going through once a week and adding up what she has in her piggy bank and then going, all right. So like you got, I'm, not, I'm sorry, but I have to inter- <laughs> just imagining you sitting there with Sienna <laughs> with like an Excel spreadsheet of, let me show you how to put in these numbers. <laughs> no, and Sienna no, no. giving you like, I, <laughs> Sienna literally looking at you, rolling her eyes and say, okay, get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she still has the attention span of a gnat. 
most seven-year-olds do. <laughs> so, but to be fair, to Alex's point, right? There's things you can add into the, the conversation to, you know, hopefully prepare them for that next level concept that, that will be coming on later on, which, right? All of our, even the seven-year-old at school is using some version of online type of tutorials and, and whatnot. They're not really understanding the risks associated with sharing information online. Right. And I think once you get to that, this might be closer to 10 or 11 year old types age group, but really understanding like, Hey, the information you're putting online, a lot of it is accessible to other people. You have to be weary of that. Well, and it can be used against, again, this is like, we talked last time about, uh, uh, Sienna selling Girl Scout cookies. And and one of the things that I think Girl Scouts did a tremendous job of is they they made sure that you didn't, you only shared first name, you didn't share identifiable information, like the name of your school, your last name, your address, your phone number, those types of things. And so it was a way to insulate or protect personal identifiable information but at the same time participate in a social media world and like help folks understand that like once you put something out there, you can't really pull it back. Yeah. I mean, with on, you know, Nathan's about to be 12 here. So he's got his own phone and we have restriction on his phone. Like any app that he downloads, Diane and I have to approve. Like he doesn't get full blown carte blanche access to anything he wants the other day, he actually asked me, he goes, why can't I just download what I want, dad? And I went through like, well, there are things out there, kid, that A, I don't really want you to see yet. And B, when you put stuff out there, like we may not want that information out there. And we had a, you know, of course, Nathan gave me like the grill, like <laughs> I think I spent an hour going there with him. And I, we mentioned this on the last episode, like when you can get your kid with engage with you, the questions that they ask you are phenomenal. Oh, they're brilliant. And like, it, I mean, I lately I've been learning more from him than probably the other way around, which maybe that's a bad issue. I'm not sure, but you get, you know, right. They're so inquisitive. Right. Right. And they almost remind you like, Hey, stupid, you need to also think about this as well. So, so, and then concept number four here, right. So savings accounts, right. Like this could be the piggy bank type conversation. And I love the piggy banks where it might have like three different slots where one slot for savings, one stops um, slots for um, spending, and maybe the other slots for like giving or something like that. Right. So I uh, love those style of piggy banks. There's plenty of piggy bank styles out there. So, I mean, you can just Google that and, and find a bunch of stuff out there, but it might be time at the age, like we just opened up uh, must've been two years ago or so. Um, a savings account for Nathan. And so every time he gets money now, he puts uh, portions into it. And we've actually taught him like, hey, you save 20%. So he's got a checking and he's got a savings account. And he knows right away, like just the other day, he got something from my mother. And he said, how much do I need to put that into the savings account? And it was just like amazing. Like he recalled the conversation. He forgot the percentage. Steps in the right direction. And that's already ingrained in his head. Like, I'm kind of like, I'm done. Like he's going to be financially <laughs> not right. But like just that piece alone was huge. Right. And having him log in with me and like transfer the money because everything's digital now. Right. Like the piggy bank works early on, but eventually you're, they're going to move online and it's much easier to spend the money when it's digital. Right. 
So we have him like literally click the button and transfer a hit transfer the money to the savings account. And we taught him like, what is it? What's the word savings mean? He goes, well, it's money I'm not going to spend. Exactly. Which is key. Cause I think a lot of people like you adults listening right now, your savings account <laughs> is not an expense account. <laughs> right. It's so much, so many people wind up just like interchanging savings account to mean future spending account is what future it actually translates account. to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, Oh, I'm saving up to do X. Yep. And like one of the things that you and I struggle with and, and try very hard to do with our clients is have that conversation around like, okay, let's rename some of these things so that we understand what it's for when we use it and why we use it so that we don't wind up having our savings account simply become a future spending account. hundred percent. So, so let's talk about some activities for, for everyone, for them to, you know, maybe start having these type of conversations uh, with their kids. Right. So first thing that comes to mind for this age group is board games. I think, you know, my son loves board games, even though he loves the video game side of stuff too. Right. So he's actually a monopoly dork, which makes me getting excited because that was always one of my favorite games, although Diane hates it. <laughs> so Monopoly Junior might be the best route, maybe not the full-blown like adult version of Monopoly. Um, I had never heard of it. Alex had the game Payday, which I guess is like 1975 is when that came out. So Alex said, you said you loved that game as a kid, right? Yeah. So like I was a board game geek. I know more about board games than you'll probably ever care to think about but uh yeah, there's some really fun board games out there payday was one of the ones that uh that we found i think in the early 80s um uh, mid 80s and uh, uh played a bunch of this um and it, it, it was just one of those games it was just a resource management and you'd you know go around the board and try and collect as much as you could and it was a, it's a fun game it's just a, a slightly different variation on on some of the other games um life is another version of that. I always loved life because of the, the spinner in the middle with right. life. Right. And so th those are a couple of games to look at. And then just other things you could do with your child, right? Like you could, like I, I gave uh, Nathan one time, 50 bucks when we were in Disneyland one time. And I said, here's 50 bucks. Don't ask me for what, like, don't ask me for stuff anymore. You have $50, buy what you want, but I'm not giving you another dime. And this kid, holy smokes, he wouldn't spend the money. And when he did spend the money, he's like, well, I'll buy these socks, but I'm going to save this other money because I don't know what other stuff's going to be in a different store that I walk into. Right? Like, and that was amazing to me because before he would have been like, I want that. And we go into another store and he goes, I'd want that. Right. And that's what he was saying. Now that he knows, okay, I've only got 50 bucks. Fine. It limited resource. What? Yep. Like it changes the mindset. It changes the mentality. It, he, was, he was too analytical, which annoyed the crap out of me a little bit. Would have Alex, you would have loved it. But, uh, but yeah, that's one thing. Allowance might come into play here. Um, you know, everyone's got their own like feelings on whether or not they want their kids to have an allowance. There's different ways to spend an allowance. It doesn't have to be directly tied to like, I'm one that I'm not going to pay my kid to do a chore because you don't get paid. Like I'm not getting paid when I vacuum my house. Sure. 
but at the same time, there's, there's gotta be some vert. And that's just my thing. Like, I'm not saying that my way is, is the way that's just I'm my, my own mind thing around that, but there's gotta be a way for me to give my kid money for him to actually handle it and learn to be responsible with it. Yeah. I mean, I, the, some of the different variants that I've seen here are like having like a, a chore chart of like the basic things that they need to do on a weekly basis. And that, that then equals an allowance. So almost like a, think of it as like duties that you have to do at work and at the, at every week you get a payday. Um, and then like, you could have like extra chores that you can do to like earn more money towards like different things, or you can just make it all a cart or like there are tons of different variations on this. Um, the, the one that, uh, the, the one that Heather and I are talking about implementing right now is doing a chore chart of like, Hey, these are the things that you have to do on a, on a weekly basis, regardless, you have to do these before you do any of the extra things. And if you do like your basic chore chart, then you get your allowance. And then after you've earned your allowance, you can do extra to earn more if you want. So I'm trying to, there's a whole bunch of different things out there, right? The, The purpose of it in the, in the end, is have your kids actually handle money, right? Right. I remember this time at this, at least when I was closer to nine or 10, like I remember shoveling snow. I'd walk around to my, my neighbor's houses when it snowed and said, Hey, can I shovel your, your driveway or your sidewalk for X amount of dollars? And right. I mean, I, I'd walk home with a, a decent amount of money. I wasn't taught what to do with it. So I ended up spending it and doing whatever I wanted at that time. Right. There's mowing lawns, there's fundraising, there's a lemonade, classic lemonade stand type stuff in the end. Think of ideas to have your kids handle money. Yeah, and when the, the, what was that? Whether like I, I vividly remember one of the first things that I ever did, which was like my I got set up as a caddy for a golf tournament, and I earned like a hundred bucks for for being a caddy for the day. And my dad got paid for that, and without asking me, my dad took the money and invested half of it. And like I just remember being pissed because it was more money than I'd known what like I'd ever seen in my life and to just have half of it taken from me. And then like six months, what he did was he invested in a painting and then like six months later, the painting sold. And instead of the 50 bucks, I got a hundred bucks back. And so it was like trying to show the value of investing was what my dad had thought. Uh, it turned out it, it worked out in that particular situation. Um, but uh, yeah, make sure that you have the conversation with your kids as opposed to just dictating something to them. Yeah, it's important to understand why it is you're doing rather than just doing it for them. For sure. Which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. Our question today was, what was your introduction to money? Think back to when you were a kid. When was it that you first learned about money and how was it that you were taught? We hope you receive value out of today's episode. If you have any questions or if you have a topic that you would like for us to speak about on the podcast, make sure you head to holistic-finance.com. And at the bottom of that page, there's a way for you to engage with us there. If you're active on social media, you can find our Facebook page at Holistic Finance QFP. We tend to be active there. And as always, we hope that you have a good rest of your day and make it a great day. This podcast is for informational purposes only 
and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California 91711. Telephone 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 1531912, CA Insurance License Number 0K24924, Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699, CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2022-133962, expiration February 2024.